Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Happy New Year. This is Reverend Cora Denise Stewart Lowe coming to you live with the Village Approach. Happy 2018. And this is my first recording in the year 2018. Well, today I'd like to talk to you about something dealing with feelings. And I'm going to start off with a quote paraphrased by me, that was made famous by Maya Angelou. She says, people rarely remember what you say. No, they they almost never remember what you say. And they rarely remember what you do. But they never, ever forget how you made them feel. And, you know, this holds true for positive or negative. It holds true. If you think back to a teacher that uh, you remember, you will remember that teacher made you feel a certain way. You will either remember that they made you feel good about yourself or they made you feel bad or they embarrassed you. But at any rate, it's the teacher that you that that made you have a certain feeling that's the one that you always remember and you remember those teachers that made you feel smart you remember those teachers that made you feel kind of dumb but those are the ones that you remember if you think back on your friends the ones that have had lifelong standing in your life or those friends that made you feel some kind of way. I remember the first time that I was in love. I I remember that feeling. I had never experienced it before. And because of my inexperience and because of my first love inexperience, he made me feel that this is something that I could only have with him. And I believed him. And as a result, I had some unwanted experiences, and it took a lot for me to realize that he was not the only person in the world that I would ever be in love with. And as a result, that relationship ended. I remember my first husband. He made me feel safe, and at that time in my life, that was what I needed and what I wanted. But when I grew out of needing and wanting and understanding that uh, safety is not enough to maintain a relationship. And when he no longer made me feel safe, that relationship ended as well. But because I had lived through one major breakup, I knew that it wouldn't kill me if the relationship ended. 
although I did not want to become a part of the negative statistics of being a divorced page. And I remember the last man that I married, he made me feel like a woman. I felt like I was grown. There was there was a spicy relationship. But I'm realizing, you know, as all of those relationships have ended, um, those were feelings that I needed at the time, but none of them were feelings that I needed to maintain a relationship forever. And I'm really only sharing this for my young friends who might be listening to this. Think about it. People, you know, when people give you a strong feeling, especially if it's a positive one or it's one that you need in your life right now, uh, you want to hold on to it. And I'm going to share this quote with you. I, I, I really came to live it in recent years. And it says that some people are in your life for a moment. Some people are in your life for a season. And some people are in your life for the rest of your life. And you have to understand, uh, based upon the feelings and what's going on in your life, if this is an, a short-term experience, a seasonal experience, or an experience that will be with you for a lifetime. I remember my parents helping me to understand that their love for me was endless. But that was their love for me, and no matter what other people thought about me, uh, they their love may not be endless. So, you know, I found in my parents endless love. I remember my siblings, Valerie and Yvette, I'm the oldest of the three. And I don't care what I have ever done, my sisters have always uh honored me in the position of big sister. My sister Yvette, I don't care how grown she gets, when she has certain questions, she, and now I understand her husband, don't mind calling me and asking me, even when they tell me, you think you know everything. They don't have a problem calling and asking me. And Valerie, the same way, as much as she wants to put her foot forward and let everybody think she's running things. Valerie has always supported me in being her big sister. And, you know, she respects that position. And I just, and that's why when I make the statement that my sisters, uh, that I may not, they may not be perfect, but they are perfect for me because they respect me and I respect them. They don't have any idea that as smart as they might think I am, I learned so much from both Valerie and Yvette. And, you know, as strong as they think I am, they don't realize that my strength comes from the support that they give me. Uh, and as I went, many of you know, I live in New Orleans, and I had a group of friends in New Orleans that I hung out with. Uh, uh, Billy Dosey, Raquel Goodall, Claudette Piquette, uh, Deborah Taylor, Sheila Simmons, and of course Cynthia Isaac. All of those were really those were friends that that supported me in areas of my life that I need. They made me feel like I was so smart. And they they I remember when my daughter died. 
Now, Billy Dose is, is, is somebody I look up to for a lot of reasons, but she told me, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And from time to time, I've heard each one of them say it about different things, but I just love them because those were a group of women that we supported each other. And and that fellowship was one that I will treasure to my grave. I thank God that they came into my life. And then I came to work at Greenwood Middle School, and I, I was there from 07 until 17. And the people that I met at Greenwood Middle School, they all remembered and knew me, many of them, as a young lady growing up in Greenwood. They all said I was so pretty, so fast. And they all admitted later that I was a nice person. But when we began to work together at Greenwood Middle School, they all made me feel like what I brought to the table was so valuable. I remember one of my friends, Denise Pitchford, saying, y'all, when I talk, don't nobody listen. But when Ms. Lowe talked, everybody stopped talking and listening. And that was the way they made me feel at Greenwood Middle. They made me feel that when I wasn't there, my presence was missed, in particular the English department. Um, and the social studies department, and the science department, and the administrators, they all made me feel, and eventually people throughout the district, they all made me feel that I brought something to the table. And, you know, that, that's just invaluable. And, and it's all of these things that make me who I am today. That's one of the reasons that I can be positive uh, in the midst of, of dealing with cancer. Um, I remember the last church, and that's Bethlehem. In going to Bethlehem, I was exposed to the Winona community. The senior citizens of Winona embraced me like I was one of them. And I, I couldn't talk about Winona without calling the names of Dorothy Woods, Shirley Phillips, and Miss Virginia Baker. There was nothing Nothing that I wanted to try to do in Winona that those ladies, and let me not forget Mr. Smith, they were right there, even when it was something they had never heard of. I remember telling Mr. Smith about, I think we were going to do the Stations of the Cross. And he said, well, I'm going to Google you because I've never heard of it. I said, well, Google me while we're talking. And, you know, they were people that supported me. They were people that were there for me. And, and, and I'm not bragging on them, but when you need help and it's easy to find and you find it in the same people all the time, you, you can't help. You know, they made me feel like I was actually bringing something to the community. So I guess this is my time to say thank you. Um, when I think about teachers, one, there were two teachers in my high school, actually three, in my high school year, Mr. Jimmy Carter, Mr. Riley, and Mr. Tyree Irvin, who's now a judge. You know, those were teachers that opened my eyes to see that I was far more than just a student, that I had the potential to be brilliant. And I really, I, you know, they really changed how I saw myself 
and it made a great difference in my high school career. Uh, And when I went to graduate school, um, I had one teacher, uh, a doctor, uh, Perez, I think that was his name. You know, it's funny, I can't remember his name, but I can see his face. He was one that really, really, I mean, he made me feel like I was number one in the class. He always made me feel like that. And my colleagues in my my cohort in my graduate program, they always wanted to hear what I had to say. Uh, And, you know, I love talking. So when I have somebody who want to listen, that really does make me uh, feel very special. And I must give a special shout-out to my friend, uh, Cynthia Isaac. Since I've been going through this ordeal with cancer and the last one, she is so careful as to check on me at least every day or every other day or two or three. When I don't sound right, she ain't going to let that go. She's going to call me until I sound like she wants me to sound. And there's a new friend. I knew her in New Orleans, but I never even knew that she was watching. Um, and I met her at uh, my one of my road dogs, Deborah Taylor's son wedding. I was reunited with her, and she told me her name is Janice Brown. And she made a point of letting me know that she always watched me, and she always admired me, and I never had a clue. But anyway, so much for that. I just wanted to share that with you because uh, a lot of times we do things and it make people feel some kind of way and we don't realize it. And, you know, people never forget you for that. Um, I remember going into the bank and I was having a conversation with one of the tellers that, that is one of my sorors, I'm an AKA, and I was telling her, I said, if I ever do anything in your line that offends you. I said, all you got to do is give me some wrinkle of money, and I'll know. And I wasn't even talking to all the tellers, but you know I talk loud. So this one Caucasian teller, every time that I go into the bank and she gives me money, it's all crinkled up and and dirty. And, you know, I I, I asked her one time, did I do something to you? You know, she pretended she didn't know, but I knew because the last time I encountered her, I told her I needed five ones. She told me she didn't have a phone, and she couldn't give me five ones. I said, that'll be the last time I deal with you. So think about that, you know, and think about uh, your intent as opposed to the way it is perceived. We need to realize that uh your intent is not as important as a person who receives a message, you know, because it's not about what you mean, it's what they hear. And if you are careful, you will know that um, if you, like when I've offended someone and that wasn't my intent, when I take a moment to be still, God lets me know you need to have a conversation with that person because that person felt some kind of way that you didn't mean for them to feel. And most of the time, I would not have offended them as much as I thought 
But when they realize that I realize I may have, they really do appreciate the fact that I came back to consider them. Well, I want to share this uh, particular uh, story with you. The title of the story, most of you all that know me, you know I deal in certain kind of ways. And um, I am, I realized after some research that I am a Socratic thinker, meaning that the basis of how I matriculated in the classroom in life as a parent, as a daughter, as a sister, as a student, as a friend, is based upon uh, the theories of Socrates. I didn't know it. I really didn't know it until um, I um, did some research on him. And I, I read a lot of his stories, and I probably is one I used to share all the time. But I want to share this one with you. And uh, it's called the three-question text, test, three-question text. In ancient Greece, and this was around 469 to 399 B.C., Socrates was widely lauded for his wisdom. So that's how old I fell back up. And one day a great philosopher came upon an, an acquaintance who ran up to him excitedly and said, Oh, great Socrates, do you know what I just heard about one of your students? And Socrates replied, wait a moment. Before you tell me, I'd like you to pass a little test. And it's called the test of three. The test of three. That's correct. Socrates continued. Before you talk to me about my students, let's take a moment to test what you are going to say. The first test is, is it true? Have you made absolutely sure that what you are about to tell me is true? Is it true? Well, the man said, no, I actually just heard it, heard it a few minutes ago. Well, all right, said Socrates. So you don't really know if what you're about to say is true. Now, let's try the second test. Um, It's the test of goodness. Is what you are about to tell me about my student something good? And the respondent said, no, on the contrary, it is not good at all. Mm. Uh, Nothing be uh, so. He said, well, all right, then, there's one more test. And the other test was, will it help? And the man said, well, no, it ain't going to help you, it ain't going to help him. He said, well, then, if it's not true, it's not good, and it's not going to help anybody, I don't think I want to hear the story. And I felt that this was applicable because in meditating on that particular story, I realized those are the three reasons that we shouldn't gossip. That's how you define something as gossip. It may be juicy, 
But if you don't know if it's true, you don't need to repeat it. It may be juicy, but if it's not going to make the storyteller look good, the person, the third person you're talking about is not going to make them look good, the person you're telling it to is not going to make them look good, you don't need to repeat it. And finally, if what you're about to say is not going to help your cause, it's not going to help the cause of the third party, the person you're talking about, or the person you're telling it to, you don't need to tell it. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. It is nothing like somebody spreading a lie on you and how it makes you feel. Nothing like it. It's nothing like when somebody says something about you that is true and good, how it makes you feel. It's nothing like when somebody says something about you that is false and good, how it makes you feel. And if it's not going to help the person who's telling you, you know, I'm going to be this, I'm going to carry this story. If it's not going to help me, it's going to make you look bad for repeating it. If it's not going to help the person that you're talking about, once it get out, it's not going to make them feel good. And if it's not going to help the person that you're telling it to, <laughs> that that's not it's not going to leave a good taste in your mouth. So I only ask you to think about those things in the coming year. My objective this year is to spread more love and whenever I can, create a sense of unity of whatever space that I'm in. That's my objective for the coming year. So uh, think on these things and just remember the quote. People never remember what you say. They rarely remember what you do, but they never, ever forget how you make them feel. And I want you to know that as listeners uh, of the Village Approach, I love each and every one of you. I share much gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to a recording of this side. And I'm going to ask you from this point on, if you hear something that you enjoy, share it. Share it. Because if it makes you feel good, it may help someone else to feel good. I also want to say to those people who live in the Greenwood area, you uh, can listen to the Village Approach on the gwoodlive.com on the Internet, where anybody in the world can listen to it at gwoodlive.com on the Internet. Um, in Greenwood, you can listen to it on 87.9 FM or 89.3. And if you're not in the Greenwood area, you can listen to it by phone on area code 605-475-5862. And when the phone answers, press 4 and you will get this recording. And you can listen to it over and over, and you can share it with anybody you want to. 
So I want to say thank you for listening today. Thank you so much. And tune in. I'm going to try to post a new show at least once a month or every two weeks. But when I do, I will send out a blast uh, notice letting you know that there is a new post. This is Reverend Corey Denise Stewart Lowe with the Village Approach. Thank you for listening, and I hope to hear from you more in this coming year. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.